Well, good morning, All Seasons. It is so good to see you today. Um, I'm going to um, share something today. As I said last week, I had uh, God had really began to impress this on me to deal with how we got to where we are. Why are we where we are in America? Uh, just to give you an idea of America right now, that if you took everybody who was incarcerated right now, all over the world, all the jails, all over the world, 25% of all the people that are incarcerated are in America. A quarter of the world that is incarcerated is in America. We build more jails, more rehabilitation, more... That's just a small snippet of all the different things you could talk about that is warning signs or check marks on what in the world is going on. What is happening to us? When we turn on the news, and, and, and Jackson now is the most dangerous city in America. Who would ever thought Jackson, Mississippi would be the most dangerous city to go eat at night? But it is. Who, who would imagine that, that it, would, it would reach us? Or it would, you know, it's stuff we read about in the papers or people we hear about in other places, but it's corporate now. It's everywhere, inside church, outside church. When you come to church, you have to have security because you don't know somebody's going to come in and just want to shoot up the church or a school. We live in a society now that is just in every direction we look, from family to every type of thing, to what's being taught in school, to you name it. It's like, what in the world is going on? And I want to entitle this this morning, Just What I Wanted. Look at the person beside you and tell them, you will always get just what you wanted. You will always get just what you wanted. Now that sounds strange, in fact, the other title that I've had is The Commercial Isn't True. I've tried to fight between those two. And you can look at commercials and you can, you can look at those type things and when you go and buy a treadmill or you buy something, and, and a Bowflex or some tonic that's going to fix some part of your life, it's going to remove all the wrinkles, and, and then all of a sudden you get it, it's exciting. You're using this, or you're, you're, you're working out with this, or, or you're, you're, it's, it's fixing some gaps in your hair, or whatever it's doing. And all of a sudden, you're like, yes. But then over time, it doesn't truly fix. It doesn't truly do what it says it would do. If I bought this car and I'm paying $600 a month, then I'm supposed to be driving around town and everybody's supposed to be stopping and turning their head and everybody's supposed to go, wow. And, and, and for about the first week, it was fun. <coughs> now it's just a car note. The commercial wasn't true. How many times have we watched something from cleaning your windows to whatever it might be and it doesn't satisfy you, it doesn't bring. But this is what the world offers. This is who the world is. It is an infomercial. It is a commercial that shows it in the best light possible. That's why all the media now and everything that is works so well in their hands because they just need to show you just the good parts of anything that they want you to have or see. 
We don't need to know both sides. We just need to know the side that we want to hear. Whether it's news or whatever it might be, the commercial isn't true. But understand, you got just what you wanted. And when we talk about on the religious side, the Christian side, what we wanted more than anything else was to have big churches and fill churches and, and, and all the different things. And, and we counted numbers and hung boards on walls. And, and eventually that's what we got. We got a whole bunch of people that started coming to church. We got a whole bunch of people that we put on boards. A whole bunch of people that we did, quote, ministry with. We got what we wanted. And now the divorce rate inside the church is just as high as outside the church. You have to worry about affairs from people inside your church just as bad as you do outside now. No, there's, no, there's no real difference other than the fact that you decided most of the time to get up at 8 o'clock and come to church. It's not really going to affect the way you talk or what you watch on TV. Or It's just the fact that it didn't give us what we thought it would give us. Why are you saying all this, Brother Lot? Because to show you where we are right now, I want to show you how God says two different areas. First is the cause of it, and then secondly, the result of it. This morning, I want to show you the cause of how we got to where we are and how we, as people, country, nation, how we got there, and then secondly, the result of it. Go in your Bibles to Romans 1, verse 17, is where we will begin. This good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. He's talking about the preaching of the gospel, salvation, the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. He's saying, the good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by what? By faith. By faith, you are going to establish what it is that you're going to stand for, believe, hold to, die for. And he said, in the gospel, it is no different. You are going to, by faith, choose, and your start and your finish will be by faith. As the scripture has said, it is through faith that a righteous person has what? Life. So it is simply by faith that everything in my life is what it is today. So if somebody looks at Pastor Lot and they say, how did you get to where you are? How do you live the way you live? How do you do what you do? It is very simple. It is simply by faith. There is no secret form. You can go to the Lifeway bookstore next week and buy you a new book on how to do this and how to do that, how to be a better this and how to be a better that. But I'm going to tell you, honestly, when it's all said and done, whether you hear it on tape or you buy a book or you buy the CD or whatever you do or you watch the series, it's all going to come down to the same thing. God's going to say, here's the way to do it, and you by faith have to decide that's the way I'm going to do it. And nothing else will transform. Nothing else will change it. It's, it's not whether you feel like it sometimes or don't feel like it. It's simply by faith that everything that will happen will happen. Now, this scripture is important because this is the transition scripture to tell us what happens when we don't, by faith, live our life. So our life, the person who has life, has it by faith. 
I chose many years ago to put my faith in Christ Jesus. I've chose many years ago to decide that he is the only way, the only truth, the only light. I don't care what anybody else says when somebody says, well, you know what they say about dinosaurs. Now, I really don't care about dinosaurs. They're not mentioned much in the Bible. It's really not important to me. It has nothing to do with eternity. So I really don't care who's digging up dead bones in Arizona. It really matters nothing to me. It may be fun for somebody. It may be exciting to you, but it has no value in my life. God, if it had value, God would have spent a whole book of the Bible explaining all of that. But God said, Tim, this was a faith book. It's not a history book. It's a book that simply gives you enough to say, by faith, you can believe in me. So all the other things, as we say, are half-baked questions. Well, what do you think about this? Doesn't matter what I think about this. Well, what do you think happened here? Doesn't matter what I think happened here. Let some scientist come along who's 37 years old and tell you that 1.57 trillion years ago, this happened. Trillion years ago? Two trillion years? I mean, what do you do? Let's just add another trillion. I mean, if we don't know it happened fast enough, let's add another trillion. We don't know. We weren't there. It's, It's no... It's just simply... You having fun with your imagination. So he says, listen, when it all is said and done, when you walk out of here today, who you are and what you are will be because of the faith that you have in something. That's it. You're where you are today because you wanted to be where you are today. You are where you are. Because it's just what you wanted. It's just what you wanted. Now, to understand that, let's go to verse 18 now and let's jump in. Because verses 18 through 23, I need to show you the cause. How do do people get there? Well, let's read. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Now, I want us to walk through this morning these scriptures. I'm not in a hurry. So this sermon will be a little different than, than some sermons. I want you to follow along with me, and I want you to think with me. He said, listen, it all begins because somebody is doing something, and they want to try to have truth in it, but truth won't work. See, that's what we're running into right now with the abortion situation. When abortion was established, there was no sonograms. When Roe versus Wade took place, there was no, no, nothing known about what it was inside a, a mother who was having a child, how, how the baby formed, all this. This was way before any of that technology ever came along. Well, guess what happened? Two years after Roe versus Wade, the first sonogram was designed. And they could actually take that thing and see the baby inside. Do you know that since that time, even up to today, we can actually do a surgery on an unborn baby inside the womb today? Do you think that that thing inside is, is not a human being, is not living, is not, does not have life, does not have feeling? We find out that it hears music at a certain time. We understand that it under, had, can hear its mother's voice, and that's why it clings. And it, we, we understand that all of this is taking place way before the child is ever born. So now, having all of this knowledge, we come forward and we say, whoa, we need to change something. This is not right. We're, we're killing people. We're actually killing an unborn person. Really? 
No, no, we don't want to call it. Let's just make it a choice. It's a mother's choice. No, 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 no. The choice is you're killing. So you're saying it's okay to take the choice to kill. This is one of a thousand debates that are going on right now. But he said, listen to what happened. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who do what? Who suppress the truth so that they can keep on doing what they want to do. That's going to happen to you in every situation when you and God get on the outs. It's because you have chose something that you have decided that I don't want to quit doing this. I don't want to stop thinking this way. I don't want to forgive them. I don't want to stop this. I don't want to start doing that. I don't want to. And, and, and God says, well, you've got to. You, I, I am God, and therefore you must. And we say, no, let's just not talk about it that way. Let's just not have that conversation. But God shows his anger in this, verse 19. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. Well, how has he done this? So if there's a, if there's a problem here, then the, the, what we just need to say is, is that there's no God. So therefore, we just do what we want to do. We'll just say there's no God. That's the first step you've got to have. All of this began in Darwinism many years ago. All this began in that area because you can't go into any of these conversations that we have today unless you first establish that there's an uncertainty that there's a God. So everything that science today is trying to do has nothing to do with really making your life better. It has nothing to do with, it is the understanding that we are going to replace God and we are going to be God ourselves. So listen to how he says this. They know the truth about God because he had made it obvious to them. How? For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Did you wake up this morning and see the sun come up? How do you think that happened? Oh, well, in the science book, it said, yeah, I know. They've changed that about seven times. And they'll keep changing. You know what the crazy thing is? Is that the more they've studied, you know what they've come up with? There must be a creator. The last big argument, remember this argument about three years ago that there was this big debate that we want to put in the science books an alternative to and, and actually have creative design? Not teach God, but create it. There must have been a creator. Do you hear about that anymore? No, that conversation's not had anymore at all. They killed that quick. They called everybody, every scientist who had PhD, every, every had doctrines, had it, who said, listen, the more we study this thing, the more we realize somebody did it. Well, we're just, we just not going to have you in the fraternity anymore. Because the very first statement of science is there is no God, so now let's find the right answer. You start off with the wrong statement. And God says, ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for what? Not knowing God. There, there's, there's absolutely no way that a person can say there is no God. It's, it's as simple as this. How do you think this painting was created? How do you think it was created? I mean, you got good sense. 
Let's just take a guess. I, I took about five cans of paint and just, and then that thing right there came out. I mean, y'all got good sense, don't you? Tell me that's, that could have happened, right? I mean, all the strokes, all the, 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 even the images of people on there. I mean, I mean, no. See, you've got enough sense to know that that's an impossibility. God says, when I created the world, I did it in such a way that it left no impossibility that there was a God. That all the futility, all the, the, the stuff that the world comes up with, all the different ways to try to distract you and to try to throw you off and to tell you, well, maybe. No. He said, every day you wake up, you get to see it. And every one of you in this room woke up this morning without an excuse that there's a God. Now, whether you like him or dislike him, that's up to you, but I'm just telling you he's there. And he's not going anywhere. He says, for ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth through everything God has made, can clearly see the invisible, his eternal power, divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Verse 21, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't do what? Worship him. So what happens? Somebody will ask the question, well, Brother Lot, what if people have never heard about God? What if people never, never heard? Listen to me. I'm going to give you a, a quick answer for that. There's not one person who's ever lived on this earth at any time that has never known God. Now, they may never heard the name Jesus. They may never have, have heard the, the, about the Jewish Savior. They may not have heard all that. But let me tell you something. There's not one person, there's not one culture that you'll ever go to who does not create some form of idols, who does not create some form of worship, who does not create some form of God. Why? Because built within every single person who's ever entered this earth, there is the understanding that there is a God and it's built within them. That's why in every culture, murder is wrong. In every culture, you don't have to teach someone to be ashamed of doing certain things. When they do them, we automatically are ashamed. Why is it that in certain cultures this happens or that? No, it's amazing how it's all the same, whether it's to go to the deepest parts of Africa or Asia or whether you come to America. Ever since a child is born, he knows stealing the cookie was wrong. Did you have to sit down for eight hours and teach them? Now, let me tell you, stealing is wrong. And you should feel bad when you do it. No. When God made every one of you, he made himself known to you. He revealed himself. That's what makes it hard for the atheist. That's what makes it hard for the agnostic. Because for somebody to know inside that there's a God and have to try to convince themselves every day of their life there is not, every time the sun comes up and they have to put sunglasses on, and every time they open a science book and it keeps telling them, look, the computer laughs at us every time we tell them that it just happened. Every time you look at a painting and somebody says, we just threw paint against the wall and it just happened. You would think that's ridiculous if I told you that. And yet, because we want to keep our life the way it is, the sinful life it is, we suppress what? Truth. We suppress it. I don't want to talk, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to think. It don't matter if you want to talk about it or not. It's real. You can't ignore it away. It's factual. 
So what happens is, yes, they knew God, but they would not worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. Allah aliens. Allah all the stuff that we have. Trying to find something, you know, God understands me. Even if I believe in a God, because I can't deny there is a God, then I've got to create a God in my image that thinks like me. And they began to think foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Do you ever think we'd ever reach a point where a doctor would be before Congress and they would ask them, can you tell us what a woman is? And the doctor cannot. Do you ever think that they, you, would, you would be so confused in as, as a people that you can't distinguish anymore? Do you ever think we'd be so confused that we think that doing wrong is going to turn out right? That if we keep doing wrong long enough, it'll all work out. No. What happens is, is when you suppress truth, and you continue to live in your lifestyle and your way, and you keep thinking it's just going to work out okay. Let me tell you what's going to happen. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. No wonder we have men with a little emojis with a pregnant baby in their belly. Oh, and they couldn't answer that either. Because you can't tell the difference between a woman and a man, then you also can't say a man can't have a child. Because the woman who might think she's a man is really a man inside. And so therefore she's, so you really, a man really can't have a baby if it's a messed up person whose mind thinks they're a man. You want to talk confused. We can't figure out which bathroom to go to. We are a confused people. And we send people to school to get smart on this stuff. Pay me $60,000 so I can tell you what a woman's not. This is the world we live in. And God says, let me tell you how you got here. It's because you wouldn't just hear the truth and do it. You just wouldn't listen to the truth and do it. I gave you the truth. I showed you the truth. I am the truth. But you wouldn't have it. Verse 22 claiming to be wise. Remember, we give people plaques on the wall, man, we give degrees, we give all this stuff, we give all this kind of stuff, and then they instead became utter fools. We laugh at it. Normal people just looking like, really? You, you're, you're that dumb. No. I'm so much, I will not accept truth to such a degree that I'm willing to say or do whatever I've got to do to keep truth from ever getting out. And that's the world we live in. Or that's where it begins. That's where it all begins from, from our Darwinism in our past to taking prayer out of school and saying, we don't, we don't need God. We, we're smarter than this. We don't need all this stuff. We don't, we're, we're better than this. We have become utter fools. Listen to what the next verse says. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere what? People. We worship bodies. 
We worship superstars and movie stars and we all want our Instagram fame and five minutes of TikTok. We all have become worshipers of things that are not worthy of worship. Instead of worshiping glorious, ever-living God, they worship idols made to look like birds, animals, reptiles. You can go to jail longer for hurting a dog than you can a person in certain states. You can beat somebody half to death. You hurt a dog and you're going to jail. We live in a, in a world, from the moment it's confused and disrupted, that now we try to raise up everything we can to worship it as idols. We need to create something that's worthy of our worship. Something that's worthy of our praise. The problem is it never lasts. It won't stand. It won't, it won't live. If you try to build up some movie star, it doesn't take long before you hear what they're really like. They traded the truth. or So God abandoned them to do whatever. So verses 1 through 23, I want us to understand this is the cause. This is how we got here. This is what allowed us to get to this point. Idols that we put in our life can reduce the demand of a guilty conscience. But listen to me, they cannot save you. Whatever you choose, it can, it can make it feel a little better, but it can't save you from it. So what do you do then if we're stuck in this place where we... We know there has to be a creator, but we don't want to believe in a creator because we don't want to worship the creator. We want to worship what we want to worship. We want to do what we want to do. We want to do it when we want to do it. How do we, how do we get past this? Well, listen to what verse 24 says. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's what? Say it out loud. Bodies. What happened in our 60s after we took prayer out and we created abortion and we done all this stuff, let me tell you what you turn to, what is natural in the Gentile mind. When we turn to idols, let me tell you where it always ends up. It ends up in sexual perversion. where magazines like Playboy and Hustler and, and, and all the different things began to hit the market. And man, we thought that was the coolest thing. It's free love and we can do what we want to with our bodies and we can, we can live the way we want to and we can... Yes, you can. But I want you to understand how you got there. So God abandoned them. The, the word there is turned them over to. Now, this is, this is going to sound odd to some people. But when you think of the God being angry and God's wrath and God punishing you, what do you think of? Man, God, if God got mad at you, he could mess you up. I mean, think of all the things God. I mean, Jonathan Edwards preached... Man in the hands of an angry God. And he said it's like a spider that's just hanging over a flame and he's holding the web and he can let it go any minute. Really, Jonathan Edwards had it wrong. 
It was a great sermon. It scared a lot of people, but it was theologically wrong. What is the factual is that the matter you make God, the more angry you make God, the more He lets you have what you want. You need to write that down. You need to stick that in your theology. The more angry you make God, the more He gives you what you want. Some of you are living a lifestyle right now. Your, your life's messed up. Some of you ain't got no money in the bank right now this morning because God gave you what you wanted. I know what she's going to say. Why didn't God stop me? Well, because verses 18 through 23 says you wouldn't listen to him. You wouldn't make him God. You wouldn't worship him. You wouldn't raise him above every your boyfriend and your girlfriend. You wouldn't raise him above your stuff. You wouldn't raise him above what you drink and eat and sleep with and everything else. You wouldn't raise him above that. So God said, fine, you want it? Then, I, boy, you have made me so mad, I'm going to give you what you want. Have it. Get all of it you want. Get it to your ears are full of it. Listen to it till it takes away your sleep. And drowns out your thoughts to where you can't hardly speak a word without something nasty coming out or perverted coming out because you filled your mouth. Go ahead. Get it all you want. Stay up all night. Netflix it. Whatever you need to do. Get it all. Just soak it up. Get all of it you want. It's what you wanted, isn't it? Isn't this what you wanted? So God says, I'm so mad at you. I'm just going to let you have what you want. The question is, have you gotten happier? Are you happy this morning? If I was to ask you, are you happy? Do you live a happy life? Well, let me explain to you. You got what you wanted. Why are you complaining? You wanted the house. You wanted the cars. You wanted the lifestyle. You wanted, it. You wanted all this. What, what are you fussing about now? You wanted the girl on the side, the guy on the side. You wanted to be able to flirt with this and play with this. You wanted to be able to do this. You wanted to be able to. Why are you so angry? You ought to be grinning ear to ear. Nobody knows what you're doing. You wanted to sneak around and you did it. Man, nobody's caught you. You ought to be ecstatic. Yeah. There's a problem. When God punishes you, He gives you what you want because He knows what you want won't work. It's almost as ridiculous as the commercials of the casinos. I don't think there's anything that's more ridiculous than the commercials they put on a casino. The whole time they're showing these people happy, just losing their money. They're just happy. I'm just losing my money. Woo I'm dressed up and I'm losing my money. And then right at the end, they have to put this thing on there. It says, if you have a gambling problem, please call. You notice that? They have to legally do that because they know what they're selling you will kill you. Oh, by the way, as you're about to probably want to kill yourself for losing everything, if you have a gambling problem, please call this number. These people will talk you back off the ledge. If it wasn't real, 
If I, what I was telling you was made up, it wouldn't be, you couldn't, you would think that's ridiculous, Brother Lot. But it actually happens. So God abandoned them or turned them over to whatever shameful things their hearts desired. And as a result, listen to me, as culturally or society-wise, it will always be the same. We will see it in our society by how degradable and how low we go when it comes to sexual or becomes to relational, what we do with our bodies. It's why tattoos are on the rise. It's why anything we can do to our body, any way we can pierce something through our nose. I've never seen more people look like a bull than I've ever seen in my life. I'm thinking, why do you, this beautiful young lady, why do you want to look like a bull? We put rings in bull's nose to keep them from rubbing the ground. Have you been having a problem rubbing the ground with your nose? Apparently, you need to stop that. I mean, anything we can do to our bodies, any way we can pierce it, use it, abuse it, any way we can, that is the sign that we are turning from God and we are saying that we're smart. We know what we're doing. And here's what happens. They traded. Look at the person beside you and say they traded. They made a trade. They traded the truth for a lie. Maybe you're in this room today and you traded truth. And, you, and, and but a lot, I just, I don't like my life. I'm going to try this. Listen to me. Don't. Trade truth for a lie. It's not going to bring you what you want. All those beautiful ladies on that years ago, and, and, and now I was watching some of the documentary of some of the girls on Playboy and stuff when they were in the 70s and when, when all that was big time, and they had, and now you see these messed up young ladies say older women now, sitting there talking about how the stuff they went through and the abuse and all this. Thinking, God already told you what was going to happen. But you traded the truth of God for a lie, so they worshipped and served things God created instead of the Creator Himself. Now we love the Kardashians and we, and we love whatever else we can build up and make up. And, and that's what we do. We dress like them. We want to be like them. We, we want to smell like them. We, we want to do everything we can. We've traded truth for a lie. Who is worthy of eternal praise. Verse 26. So what happens when we keep pushing it? I mean, maybe, maybe Brother Lot, after all this stuff that's going on and all the documentaries that's come out now, man, we've got smarter That is why God did what? Abandoned them again. Now I want you to see it this way. It's like God, it's like you're in a boat and the, and the rope's tied to the shore. And you're rowing and you're just rowing. It's like, I want to go out there. I want to go out there. And, and God's sitting there by the rope saying, you don't want to go out there. It, you, you will get hurt if you go out there. I want to go out there. And God finally says, Okay, he unties it. 
That's abandoned. God said, it's what you wanted. Good luck with that. That's the picture Paul is is showing. He turned them over to. He, he, He said, you want it? I want you to get all of it. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even women turned against the natural way to have sex, instead indulged in sex with each. Where are we at now in our society? Now we're at a point where lesbianism and homosexuality, we're trying to normalize that. Let me tell you what it is. It's God kicking you out and saying, if that's what you want, Let me give you a new version of it. That lifestyle is a punishment, not a blessing. That lifestyle is a punishment. God says, fine, you made me mad enough. I'm going to let you have it. Don't have time to tell you how many times greater the abuse is in those situations, how much more suicide in those situations, how much more... If we talked about what's dangerous in the world, we would shut that down in a heartbeat. But instead, what do we do? We glorify it, try to make it look cool. Let me tell you something. If you're caught up in that and your mind is caught up in that, it's because it all started because you kept turning away from God and won't let God be God in your life. And you need to backtrack and you need to realize what a God is pushing me into isn't something he's thinking I'm going to enjoy. He's hoping that I come to my senses. And men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned and lust with each other. Men did shameful things with other men. As a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty from all the stuff of AIDS and everything else we're bringing into our society now. I know this ain't just some great message, but this is in the Bible, folks. I mean, I could skip over these parts and preach the good funny stories about Jonah. But this is Paul writing to the Roman culture. And let me tell you something. This is the message. If we don't start preaching this message to our culture, it don't matter if they know about Daniel in the lion's den, they're going to end up with a messed up life. And what we're winking at and smiling at and even denominations now, churches that are saying, oh, well, we're going to make pastors out of... Have you lost your ever-loving mind? Yes. That's what's happened. God's abandoned you. He's turned you over. He's done kicked your little boat out and said, fine, go get some. Men did shameful things, and as a result of sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. All that that you feel within yourself, all of that uncertainty, all of that shame, all of that, let me tell you something, that is the punishment of God's anger. Next verse. Since they thought it foolish then to acknowledge God, because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen if you don't turn from where I'm talking right now, And if society says, we don't want to hear that, then the next step is simply this. Since they thought it foolish to 
We don't even want to hear about God. We don't want to hear anything about God. We, 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 don't, we don't want to hear anything that you say about God. God's not important. We don't believe in God. If that's, if that's God, we don't want to believe in God. He abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Does that sound familiar in our world? In our society? Where the anger and the world we're raising people in, now moms take little babies and throw them on the concrete and kill them? Where if you don't want a child, you just drive up to the garbage can, drop it off, throw it in the garbage can, hope it's dead by morning? Where we're so messed up in our minds, we abuse, kidnap. I can't tell you how many people have been abducted because of all the depravity. And somebody will say, why doesn't God stop it? It's what you wanted. Why are you complaining now? You wanted, what was the word? Freedom. We got too much freedom, brother Lot. Freedom is freedom. Once you tell someone they're free, you can't tell them then. But if freedom means, freedom means to worship God, to love God, to honor God, if that is the definition of freedom, then we can get somewhere. But freedom, if it's only whatever comes into your mind and whatever you think is right, this week is the first court case to where they're trying to make an animal have human rights. I've joked about it for years and I said, look, one day somebody's going to marry their cow or their goat. And you can laugh, but you listen very carefully to me. The mind of a man or a woman who is in this state knows no boundaries. If they'll do things with other women and other men that ain't natural, how far you think their mind's going to go? If they don't want to stop there, if they think that, that's okay, how far do you think they're going to go? Well, we don't want to talk. Paul says we got to talk about it. Their lives become full of every kind of wickedness and sin and greed and hate and envy and murder and quarreling and deception and malicious behavior and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their... Sound like anywhere you lived? How did we get here, Brother Lot? Because we walked away from truth and decided we want something else. And the something else is a lot worse than we ever thought it would be. They refuse to understand. They break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. 
They know God's justness requires that those who do these things deserve to die. So there's no, there's no question. You're guilty. There's no doubt you've got to deal with the anger of God one day. God's anger on this side, all that he's done, turning you over to all of this and making you miserable, has only been to hopefully wake you up. Why does God allow all this to wake us up? Why does God, why don't God fit? Because he uses it to wake you up. But if you don't wake up, and you breathe your last breath, then there's not a doubt in your mind how you'll meet God. Deserving of all the punishment that is to come. Go with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 1. Paul says it this way here. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, the world's brilliant debate? Where does it leave people when, when he says, listen, God has made the wisdom of the world look. Every time you turn on the TV and you realize these people have lost their mind. Every time you hear a conversation, these people lost their mind. What are they thinking? Since God in his wisdom saw that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used the foolish preaching to save those who believe. It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven, and it is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended. The Gentiles say it's all nonsense. Just want to let you know what will happen when you actually start telling people about Jesus. Somebody will say, show me something. Or the other one, that's ridiculous. That ain't going. Well, it's a whole lot less ridiculous than thinking I just threw paint against this thing. But to those called by God to salvation. See, that's the key. You don't know when you're sharing the gospel who that person is going to be sitting there this morning who says, you know what, I'm tired of the life I'm living. I'm sick and tired of heading somewhere that I know won't work. I'm tired of serving something that's never going to pay. I'm tired of giving to something that I'm never going to get a return. But to those called of God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest human strength. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise 
in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose the world the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they're wise. He chose things that are powerless to shame those that are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, the final result of this is the same. No one can ever boast in the presence of God. Everything that you ever will be, everything you've ever become, everything had nothing to do with your wisdom. It is simply God through you, working, changing, transforming. How do you know that, Brother Lot? Because many, many years ago, I was one of those people. Many, many years ago, I was someone who suppressed truth, trying to Oh, don't feel like I'm telling something you don't know. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's a 100% fact. Every one of you have done it. The question is this morning, how far did you go? And how far are you still going? Are you still trying to suppress truth? Or have you come to the conclusion, I can't fight God? Let me give it to you in a story and I'll let you go. Me and Trent many years ago lived this out. We lived in Montgomery, Alabama. My dad was a pastor there. And I was playing football and, and I was in the seventh grade and I would walk home after football practice. We only lived like a mile or two miles from the school. So I would walk after football practice to get home. And during that time, this was a time where baseball players and football players, all them, man, they all were chewing tobacco and dipping. And red man chewing tobacco was the thing, buddy. I mean, that was that the coolest guys on there had that big, you know, and they were spitting. And, and, and I thought to myself, that's what I need right there. So on my way home one day, I went by a quick stop and bought me a pack of red man chewing tobacco. Well, you can't tell your dad. You got to sneak it in the house and you got to. I wasn't very good at sneaking. Told Trent about it. Trent's like, yeah, I want to try that too. <laughs> we all want to be cool. So we would determine when we were going to do it and we'd hit it mom dad found it called me and Trent in and you know we, we pretty much know okay we're fixing to get beat fixing to get a beating no dad abandoned us that day smartest Thing my dad ever did. Dad about, he could have thrown that stuff in the garbage and say, look, I better never see none of that stuff around here again. Y'all better never let I'll... My dad went out in the backyard with us, sat down in the chair. He said, all right, boys. You're going to do it like the, like the pros. Let's do it. Boy, we were all fired up. Me and Trent, we were fired up. Yeah. Dad's finally got some sense. 
old man finally woke up. Well, I grabbed me a big old, my dad made sure. He's like, look now, don't, don't do, get a piece of it. He said, just grab a chunk like they do it. Because, man, they have a big old wad, and that side of that cheek was all swole up. I grabbed me a chunk, man. I'll... Trent grabbed him some. Trent was younger, so he didn't last as long. As soon as it, as soon as it started burning all through his mouth, he was like, Whoa. His, his mouth was on fire. He's looking for a water hose. I was a little tougher. A little older, and I was the one determined. I'm going to get what I want, and I'm going to get all of it. And I was chewing, sweating, hurting, spitting out both sides of my mouth, drooling out of some of it. Finally, my dad looked at me and he said, so what you think? Is that something you want to do all the rest of your life? No. I spit it out. And I, did, I determined that day that I would listen to my dad. That it wasn't worth it. And he looked at me and he said, what they don't show you, Tim, is the cancer. What they don't show you, and he just began to talk. And I had a choice that day of who drew the picture. Did he just accidentally get there or was there somebody in control? And that day my dad became real smart. And I turned back and I said, Dad, I'll chew sunflower seeds. I'll find something different. Bubble gum, something. And you know, ain't it funny now that in the major leagues, they don't even let them chew tobacco. They can only chew bubble gum because of all the health things. The thing that was trying to drag me in to kill me in that time is the thing that now they finally got smart enough to realize we won't even let these guys do it. Why is that important, Brother Lot? Because listen to me, what God's doing to punish you right now is He's abandoning you. But He's not doing it to hurt you, although it hurts. He's doing it so that hopefully at some moment you will come to your senses. Like the father who gave the young one his half, his portion. Let him walk away, hoping he would come home. Just like God let Israel wander around in a desert because they didn't want to go into the promised land. They, they Too many giants, and this is what you want. Hoping one day they would finally realize that our God can take us in. This morning God sent me by to tell you, and maybe God has felt like in your life, God's abandoned me. Yes, He has. But He hasn't done it because He doesn't love you. My dad sat there on that porch and let me do that, not because He didn't love me, but because He loved me so much. He was hoping that I would choose right. And if you're in this room this morning, 
then God is hoping where you're sitting, you'll choose right. You'll choose to walk away from the thing that's hurting you. Choose to walk away from the thing that's going to kill you. That you will abandon it instead of abandoning Him. Will you stand? Brother Lot, if God would just show me a, if God would just do something, if God would just, if I could just, let me tell you what God did. God chose the foolishness of preaching. What you heard this morning is as much as you'll ever get. What you heard this morning is as much as you will ever get to make a choice. Maybe you're in a room one day where some miracle takes place. That's great. Maybe you're standing somewhere where somebody says something really intelligent and it dawns on you. That's great. But God says, I sent one thing to try to turn you from turning from me. I chose the foolishness of just someone preaching. Of just telling you the truth. And then hoping, hoping you would make the right choice. We live in a world today where that's all we can do. And it's going to become very difficult to stand and just tell the truth. And because he's just angry, they're upset. They're looking like a drowning person to grab anything they can to just keep a little more life. If you're in this room today, you say, Pastor, that's me. I've suppressed truth. I know what I'm supposed to do, but I've suppressed it and I'm living something I'm not supposed to. Now let me tell you about how awesome our God is. He says, if you will confess, if you will just come with a broken heart and say, God, I don't want this anymore. My dad, that day when I spit it out on the ground, went and got me something to drink. We sat there and talked. He wasn't mad at me. He was proud of me. And your father this morning, when you step out and say, this ain't the way I'm supposed to be, your father isn't mad at you. He's proud of you. For choosing truth over everything the world throws at you. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I need to do that. There's something that's in my life that I, I need to lay that down. There's something that is in my thoughts that I need to quit playing with then the only person that can turn is you, the rich young boy who lost everything. He looked up from a pig pen one day and said, this ain't where I'm supposed to be. And he made a choice and he went home. Today you make a choice. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I need to make the right choice, then step out from where you are, find you a place. Kneel down and say, Father, 
I suppressed truth. I knew this was not right, but I, I did it anyway, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the way I've acted. I'm sorry for what I said. I'm sorry for how I treated someone. I'm sorry for an action that I... I don't want that to be me. If that's you in this room, then I want to give you the chance right now. Father, I've said what you've asked me to say. We are where we are this morning because we're getting what we wanted. We're just getting what we wanted. If we don't like it, then let us change what we want. Let us decide that what I want more than anything else is to bring honor and glory to my Father. To bring honor and glory to your name. Let that be my life's purpose. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Hey, go give that old devil fits.